1: So you're having a hard time talking to women online. I understand it's awkward, it's hard, it's weird, and it's a losing battle when there are so many of you guys. So if you want to learn how to stand out, get her to respond and be charming, interesting, unique, well, I can help you with that. Right now, I'm in the process of creating a testimonial page so you guys can see all the wonderful quotes from dudes that I've worked with. But here's one from Paul as we've wrapped up our second to last session. I wrote, have you had any chats since last week? He wrote back, Yes, I have. I did exactly what we were working on in our session and it went so well. And I said, Awesome. Please send it to me if you'd like to, but if not, no worries. And he wrote, Well, she actually wrote to me after and told me, quote, I love what you did. And I said, Whoa, wow, yay, that's amazing. So if you guys want to join Paul on the other side, not death, life, but living, please hit me up at kristencarney.com slash dating help and I will get you on your way to getting some hot ass dates. Okay? Forgive my voice. I've got a sore throat. It's all this banter I've been doing. Come do it with me. Let's go get a sore throat together at kristincarny.com slash datinghelp.
2: Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Woman podcast, we have happiness coach Robert Mack. We've never had a happiness coach before, but he is wonderful because he's going to tell all of us why it's so important to be happy when dating. And the results that you'll get from dating are even better if you're actually happy. So keep listening.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, along with Marnie Kinris. And today we have Robert Mack, who is a happiness coach. And Robert, I'm so glad you're here because we and Marnie and I both need your help in the happiness department. So Really?
3: Yeah. No, maybe
1: I'm speaking Pretty for bad. Marnie. I shouldn't do that. Maybe just for me. I'm getting better. But I have a long way to go.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy right now. So I don't know if I need your help, but I, I definitely want to hear what you have to say. But I would love if you could tell people about your background a little bit, because how do you become a happiness coach? That seems like, a for me, a dream job. Um, but for others, they're like, are you dreaming? This is not a real job. So I want to <laughs> understand. so true. Yeah. And I'll wonder, are you allowed
1: 10. to ever feel down? <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: That's a good point. Oh my gosh. No, yes. you're not. That's actually true. You can't. Um, I, great question. So I grew up really unhappy. So that was, the, that was the start of my, what would become, you know, career as a happiness coach. Really yeah. had an incredibly loving family. I mean, I did well academically. I did well athletically. But, you know, I always suffered with this existential angst, you know, this whole idea that all these people who we are just meeting who we learn to love. And all these things that we're trying to achieve and accomplish in our lives will one day be like ripped out of your hands. And that was deeply disturbing to me, like at a very young age, just the idea that we work so hard for people that we love and for things that we love only for it all to be ripped away by death. You know? And so I was deeply disturbed by that, like at a young age, like strangely young. Age. I was obsessed
2: and- with death too, actually, to be honest. You're really setting we're- people up to be
1: sad?
3: And yeah, then they'll come to you right. to get happy. That's exactly, so, that's exactly, this a very good technique. Yes. Yeah, exactly exactly
2: right. really yeah. It's a good A con, man.
3: Model. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it just continue growing the, the unhappiness, to be honest with you, despite the fact okay. like, that I was doing well professionally. I did well, um, you know, in terms of like, like romantically, I had a great girlfriend. Um, but, you know, as things And he's very outside, good
2: looking. I want to paint the full picture. Oh, like, come on. You, like, from well, the outside. Well, I have outside. your face
1: staring at me on the computer right now for uh, a specific reason.
3: I'm yeah. going to send you both checks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh,
1: well, we'll I'll say take, more compliments throughout. It's so that,
2: that, <laughs> like
1: that can in, increase.
2: No, but I want to. Pa- I want to paint a full picture because you are saying that you were plagued with anxiety and uh, not a very happy person, even though you had all of the things in place that other people would think should create happiness. Good looking, you came from a loving and supportive family, you had most things go your way, you went to an Ivy League school. Um, I'm just trying to paint the picture of this should be a perfect happy life, but for you it wasn't. Exactly,
3: yeah. Yeah. And I I knew that at the time and it only made it worse because like why can't I feel happy and grateful about all these incredible things and all these incredible people and it was because i knew and felt that it would be ripped away one day you know
1: so interesting okay yeah S- well now that you're painting that picture of this dread how do we be happy knowing that yeah. is going to happen eventually
3: yeah i mean i think um so uh, But one thing I discovered, so eventually I became suicidal. I mean, I still have the test marks on my wrist. Oh,
1: jeez. Oh, my God.
3: Yeah, it was, you know, it's it's life. So I um, struggled with that for a very long time. And when I was like in the sort of throes of this like deep, dark depression and dysphoria, um, you know, I sort of had this almost moment where I was committing and going to, or at least going to commit suicide. And my like mind went very quiet and I felt a piece that I had never felt before in my entire life. And so I was like, oh, I can put off this suicide thing for like at least an hour, but I should right. probably look into this, right? So I sort of did that and that hour slipped into a week, slipped into like several years and then decades. But the entire time I began doing more research. So the first place to start really is to prioritize happiness. Like most of us prioritize everything else but happiness and we route our happiness through everything and everybody else except ourselves, right? right? So that's right. step one is sort of prioritizing happiness. Step two is realizing and recognizing that only you can make you happy.
1: I agree. I really do yeah. agree. I'm kind of at a point in my life where I'm um, transitioning from what I was thinking I had to do to make the world accept me to recognizing what I actually feel like is inside me and how to make me happy. Um, but that's the cheesiest I'm going to get for the show. Tell us how we can <laughs> I just apply started happiness started to crying. dating. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> that was my emotional segment, but I really, I, I'm really curious how uh, happiness can help in your dating. I'm not curious. I kind of know, yeah. but I want you to say it.
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, we based on at least two decades of empirical research done in places like University of Pennsylvania and Gallup organization and Harvard, we now know that the happiest people get married sooner, they stay married longer, and they're happier in all the relationships, whether they're married or not. Right. So that's one piece of it. The second piece is, is that happy people are actually rated and seen and judged as more attractive. So when you smile, people feel you and, and experience you as being more attractive than when you're just you know, somber or sad, you know, and, um, there are evolutionary psychology reasons for that, but
2: what are the reasons? For, I, I want to have an, an understanding as to why yeah, so, somebody well, with a smile is perceived yeah, so, as
3: happier. Yeah. So generally we prefer people, right. And we, and we deem as more attractive people who are healthy, whether they're physically healthy or psychologically healthy, because that benefits us in myriad ways when it comes to raising a family, you know, right. when it comes to our own survival. And the sort of like survival of the species, not just us as individuals. So it's actually really productive and beneficial and profitable as a species that we continue to you know date and be attracted to healthy people.
2: Okay, interesting. So
3: happiness is really health, mental health, it's spiritual health, it's emotional health.
2: Well, that makes complete sense. That's why men are more drawn to uh, a woman's physical appearance, right? If she looks healthy, if she looks, you know, she has the right facial features, because then she can reproduce for them and continue on the human population. But the first thing that you said was really interesting, that people who are in relationships and married earlier tend to, did you say that they live longer or they they live happier?
3: No, no. no, uh, Happiness actually leads to, getting married sooner, staying oh. married longer, and then being happy in your relationships, whether you're married or not. So in other words, I just kind happiness of think is it's a so. master key. To me, it to... seems like a
1: low expectation thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. does that make it's
3: sense? That,
1: um, I'm 24. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sense. So like, no. in my mind, if, if you're happy, <laughs> if you're, I'm, so yeah, I, I host yeah. another podcast, which actually focuses a lot on depression and my co-host actually met suicide. So I'm very much in that kind of, darker world um but so it, the way my brain works is i think if someone gets married younger it's because they had less expectations for their future and just decided to go eh, i might as well just get married i don't have much gonna that's gonna happen for me in the next 20 30 40 years so i might as well just do this do you see what yeah I'm-
3: i hear what you're saying i'm not i don't have any empirical evidence to support that but i'm i'm sure that that i mean it's certainly worth exploring right because it's true like you know they're um I can understand and, and see that perspective. But this research isn't saying that.
1: But it yeah. it does also make sense that someone would be happier because the lower your expectations are, I think the happier people are in general. Well, true? that's actually yeah. not <laughs> what I
2: hear that you're saying. You're saying that people who are happier and who are content with themselves at a younger age, at an older age, whatever age that is, they tend to fall into relationships and be more content within that relationship as well, which leads to more happiness.
3: Yeah. Happy people are more attractive figuratively and literally. So we prefer being around happy people, especially when you're happy. So when you're a happy person, okay, the only people who really want to be around you are other happy people. So that serves happy relationships. If you're a miserable person, you'll tend to attract miserable people and you tend, you know, the harmony that exists within two happy people doesn't exist within two miserable people. I mean, they might, seem to keep company with each other for a little while, but there's not a whole lot of harmony and alignment there, even though it right. seems like it. And so, you know, two independently happy people, are, of course, are going to always find the best in each other. They're going to find the best in life. They're going to spin things in a way that, uh, that right. is more optimistic and more productive in terms of a healthy, happy relationship. So it doesn't mean that you're going to get married earlier if you don't want to simply because you're happy. You know, happy doesn't, happiness doesn't lead you, force you to be in a relationship. Right. But if that was a desire of yours, you know, it would certainly make it happier. I I mean, make it easier to be... I think I'm definitely
1: aware of that happy part of things because this guy that I've been texting with, we were texting the night of the Oscars and giving our like kind of play-by-play on what we each thought (laughs) of it. And Mm -hmm. I was keeping it positive for the most part because I didn't want him to think I was just a miserable person, even though I wanted to make pithy comments. But I really toned it down. And then at the end, um, I said, I, he asked a question. I don't know what it was, but I said, well, I would have probably said a lot differently if I knew you better, but I don't want you to think I'm just a negative person. So, and he's like, okay, well then what would you have said? And then I just spewed out all the negative things. I about. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you so
3: you're
0: I'm
1: texting to other people and yes. not you. Yeah. Okay. So
2: let me ask you a question. So <laughs> w- what's, what is the definition of a happy person? Because I but, To some people who are listening, that actually may feel like a lot of pressure, right? Because if if you're saying that happy people um, attract happier people, which is fine, um, and have better things happen for them, what does that mean? Because I think some people are like, well, but I'm not always happy. But I like, how do you define happiness? What is
3: happy? Yeah, so that's a beautiful question, right? Mm -hmm. It's very subjective, right? And so I could not have any money at all. I could not have any friends at all. And because of the way in which I look at the world, and because of where I focused, I could feel you know, this increasing subjective well-being that we call happiness. We could feel this peaceful aliveness or this alive peacefulness inside. And basically, you know, it's, a, it's a state of increasing emotional regulation. So you're able to pivot more quickly than a person who's unhappy. So when something bad happens, you bounce back more quickly. You're able to see the good in it in a way that other folks might not. And so it's not about being happy. Twenty four seven. It's about mostly being able to regulate your emotion in a way that's increasingly healthy. And so it's interesting that we and I love the question because we often don't ask that same question to people who are healthy. We say well, it's a whole lot of pressure being healthy if you want to attract you know a healthy person <laughs> in your life. But we don't think of it that way at all. But we've got this weird, right. sort of twisted, perverted idea that happiness is something that's like extraordinarily rare. And uh, in in some ways that's increasingly true. But for the most part, you know, my experience is that even People who have experienced traumatic events, who experience, you know, outrageous like adversity, most of them bounce back and they experience what we call post traumatic growth, which means, you know, post traumatic stress disorder gets most of the attention. But most people actually grow when things go wrong and things aren't working. Right. right you know.
2: Yeah, so, definitely.
3: So yeah. so then how so for if you, that's the case for, I uh, should
1: be a I should be completely grown at this point.
3: Right.
2: This point. Room. Yeah. Well, okay. So then what, what is the first step? So let's say you recognize that uh, I'm not such a happy person, pretty negative, pessimistic. How do you alter that? Like, how yeah. can you stop your brain? So, for you, you used to think, you know, gloom, doom, death, everything's going to be taken away. So, how, how do you start to alter that perception?
3: That's such a great question. So, step one is actually commit to being happy like make happiness your top priority. And it sounds so simple, but most people don't do that. They're like, "Well, I'll I'll get really happy after, you know, you get the car, the house, the marriage, the kids, whatever it is that you think right. that you need or you want in your life." So, to the extent that you do that, you're just postponing your happiness. And that habit of postponing happiness becomes in itself, you know, the problem because you're basically rewiring your brain in a way, that prevents you from being happy now. And you take that future-oriented mind state with you into the future, so when you accomplish or achieve whatever it is you accomplish or achieve, you still see it through these future-oriented lens, you know, this future-oriented lens. So the first thing is to actually commit and prioritize happiness above everything else. I mean, that alone would take you the entire way home, right? But the second thing that you can begin to do is begin to tell an increasingly better-feeling story based in truth, about everything and everybody in your life and it's like a master switch you turn it on and you don't turn it off like it's not something you turn on and turn off depending on whether or not the person deserves it or the condition deserves it you turn it on and you leave it on so that means you know instead of saying look i've got you know you could say start with i've got zero dollars in my bank account that's great but instead of going into this negative terrible feeling story where you tell yourself it's never going to change, I'm going to go bankrupt and all these things. Instead, you say, you know, I'm really looking forward to having more money in my account. And there's lots of reasons for me to believe that I can make more money. Lots of people out there are making money and they're not nearly as smart as me, maybe not as hardworking, maybe not as well-connected. And so you begin telling this better feeling story, but it's got to be based in truth. It can't be a snow job.
2: Okay. Well, actually, I, I just posted an interesting video. What's a snow job? Um, I want one. Where <laughs> well, you're shoving snow in somebody's face, right? Oh, that's right. right. That's you're no job. it's a cover up. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Well, so I didn't mean to skip over and not acknowledge what you said, but I wanted no. to add on to it because, because I just um, I just posted a video on YouTube that's about my tool for doing this, which is called. I'm sure it's everybody's tool, but it's what I use. It's called reframing. Um, and so I said things that are very similar to what you just said. It's literally, what was? How did you say? Like taking? Did you say taking notice? of happiness yes. or whatever the word you use it's just like basically stopping saying i'm i'm going in this negative direction that's not very good for me and then you stop it you pinch your arm you breathe you look in the mirror whatever it is to acknowledge it cuz noticing that this behavior is happening is like the the biggest part of the battle and then you actively reframe which is you know which that. is one which is wonderful and so so do you find like how long would you say doing something like this yeah would take about, so that it becomes automatic
3: yeah about 62 days it takes about 62, 62 days, days. <laughs> That's yeah. very exact yeah it is it's actually um <laughs> they've done <laughs> lots of research on exactly how long it takes to you know create a new habit to make a
1: habit
2: life. oh interesting right? about 62 okay. days. and you're
3: actually rewiring the brain right so if you actually looked yeah. at the brain under a microscope so to speak you could see the ways in which the physical structure of the brain was changing as a result of you choosing these different new healthy thoughts
2: Interesting. Okay. So did you have any other studies that you did um, or that you've seen on dating and happiness, but like more in depth about, um, what about people who are too happy and chipper and too positive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, were, were there any studies done is that it's okay. So yes, happiness can definitely get more attraction and positivity Mm -hmm. gains more attraction, but does extreme happiness, can that, Turn people off? Can it be a turn off sometime if you're yes. too positive? Like for me, it is. If I'm like, oh my God, stop always giving me the positive, <laughs> that yeah. would drive me insane. So, yes, yeah, so like w- I guess what impact have you seen that it has yeah. in well, dating?
3: It's a, such a beautiful question. I would, I would say that it's not the happiness that turns you off as much as it is the inauthenticity and mm. the lack of empathy, right? So, it's okay, the lack of empathy and the inauthenticity that's turning you off. I wouldn't say it's, I mean, it's like saying, is it possible to be too healthy? Like, that's impossible. What do you mean? I mean, yes, life. if you
2: keep bragging about how freaking healthy you are. Yeah, but is- <laughs> luckily, if <laughs> you're too healthy. Then it's, the, you then it's not the health that's no, running I'm you No, I'm joking. Yeah, you're but, right. But
3: it wouldn't be the health. It would be something but- else. It would be the Bragging, it'd be the lack of em- empathy again. But
1: it's okay, also so they, if someone is too healthy, when you look at them, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm just jealous. I hate that person. So <laughs> I hate <perfect>. you. <laughs> and well, once you're
2: equally as yeah. healthy, and then you're like, oh, great, this is great. We're both healthy right. people. Everybody else is going to yeah. be disgusting around us. Yeah. Can you elaborate on those those two points where you were saying about the empathy and the authenticity? So, like, what would it what would it look like to Be authentic and empathetic, and then vice versa. To not be authentic
3: and yes, such a great question. So I would say that at the end of the day, empathy is on one hand, it's the ability to sort of step and walk in somebody else's shoes. At a deeper level, I'd say it's allowing people to be what they are and holding a space for unconditional regard. So there's no desire, there's no need for you to change that person, Mm -hmm. correct that person, improve that person, make that person happier. It's just a, you know, the ability to hold this space where you're not judging you know, there's no interruption, there's no condemning, there's no guilt about it. And there's no desire to change them in any way. You just love them for who they are. That is really at the end of the day, you know, true happiness, deep, authentic happiness does that. It's not, you know, lots of times what you see with people is they're trying to impose their thoughts or beliefs or opinions on you and convince you to be a different way. But that is a lack of empathy at the end of the day. I mean, you know, any of us know that you spend enough time in the, what, what I thought was that people change business. Like when I started, signed up to be like a coach, like, 27 years ago, I was like, oh, I'm in the people change business. And then later I realized, no, I'm not. I'm in the business of holding space for people, you know, this sort of safe space of unconditional regard where I let them hear their own wisdom and I let them make their own choices. And when they ask, I provide help. But otherwise, my job isn't to, you know, insist that they be happy or positive or any of those things. Um, such a great question for I mean,
2: I'm asking a lot of great questions yeah, <laughs> in this episode. I I'm, just totally, I'm just joking. No, I love all the, you know, you're giving me a lot of appreciation for my, for my questions. So I, I appreciate that. I want to spin this a little bit because I want, if you're open to it, I wanted to ask about your personal life in dating. Are you yeah. dating? Are you in a relationship? What, what's going yeah. on there?
3: yeah great question. So I feel like I'm always open to all possibilities I date, um, not in a relationship. Um, and that being said, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, and people may or may not receive it and um, but I feel very deeply in relationship with everyone, um, like everybody I meet, I feel like at that moment, I'm in a relationship with them, and my job is to hold this space of unconditional love and regard for them. and I don't do that because I'm like trying to be a great guy. I do it because it makes me happy to do that. Like it feels good for me to do that, and so um, you know I kind of have a little bit of a, um, it's not like a bone to pick, but I do think that people prioritize relationships over love, and that's problematic when it comes to actually being in a quote-unquote relationship. Like, I prioritize love. My job is to love everyone as deeply and as fully as I can, whether I'm in a quote-unquote relationship with them or not. You know, I don't think of love as being an exclusive relationship with one person. I think of it as sort of an inclusive way of relating to everybody in the entire world. So, um, am I in a romantic relationship with just one person? No, definitely not. Am I dating? Yeah, I date. um but you know, um, I can't even say I really have a goal I'm after. I just enjoy people
2: okay, interesting. Yeah. So you oh, yeah. are a casual <laughs> enjoyable enjoy experiences with lots of different people. that's right. That's what you're saying
3: yeah, I mean, I, I think so my intention is always to like really deeply be present with the person I'm with, whoever that is, and so I and I do do like formal dates, but I would say that probably a whole lot less than people would expect. I mean, once every maybe a couple weeks, maybe because okay. I'm just mostly working, to be honest with you. And my schedule is just so not like all that palatable or like, you know, no, who, who wants to wake up at 3.30 a.m.? I mean, that's... Not, who, not who me, although I am at 3.30, so it's
2: fine.
1: As a happiness coach, you should be sleeping until at least noon.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she you should say. get to
1: sleep really late yeah. to stay really happy
3: i love that because it's true but uh, you know what's interesting i'm again i'm just actually i own it I'm, I'm weird like i like no, he's up so early.
1: happy he doesn't want to miss anything
3: that's true yeah, and I, and wait so but why do
1: you wake up at three in the morning
3: well i do a morning show which morning was on. Uh, and, uh, oh that's okay part of it. yeah and then before that i like to exercise and i do my meditation stuff which i just do it because I enjoy blah, it. Blah blah. I know. Blah. I
2: know. People like Robert. I know. I hear who need like four hours of sleep. They're the ones running the world. Honestly, they're making things happen because they don't need as much sleep. I think it's absolutely fantastic. You know what's crazy?
1: Um, I think we will we'll go to break in one sec. I just want to say I've been waking up weirdly on the dot at like six or seven in the morning every morning, and there I'm not you You're used to that. I know, and I've noticed that, and so I kind of have tried to make myself go back to sleep because it's so foreign to me to just wake up and be ready to be awake. But (laughs) I'm just kind of going with it. So I understand the waking up early thing, I guess.
2: (laughs) As you should see, pretty soon you'll be getting up at four and you'll be running the world as well. We will be back in a moment. So
1: stay with us. Holy hell, you guys. I just saw before and after photos of guys who were balding who used four hymns. And got amazing results. And they're not photoshopped results. But just a dude snapping a picture, sending it in an email, and then snapping one after and sending it in another email. And the results are fantastic. They're really crazy. And you can have the same results too because guess what? Balding is now optional. Why would you pick bald over not bald? It's fine if you are, but why if you don't need to be? So I want you guys to go to 4 slash wants because our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. Check out their website for full details, but this would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Hundreds versus five bucks. So go to 4 slash wants. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash wants. 4 slash wants.
0: All right, we
2: are back with happiness coach Robert Mack, who is fantastic in teaching us all about positivity, how to be happy, and why happiness is so important. Um, it's I, funny, I just I just did another YouTube video about you know dating women who are out of your league. Like men write to me all the time saying, like, how do I date this girl? She's so out of my league, she's a 10, I'm a five. And so in this video, I, I was explaining that in the past I used to give advice like, what league are you talking about? The only leagues I know about have bats and balls. Like don't worry (laughs) about those leagues. And then I was saying that in my recent thoughts, I was like, oh, I understand what leagues you're talking about now, but it's not like a looks versus no looks league. It's a awesome person versus a not so awesome person. It's like believing yourself versus not believing in yourself. And I still, I still hold to the fact that I believe, um, People can shift throughout any league. I'm putting air quotations because I still don't believe in these leagues. Any any level they want to be at, it just depends on what, what their mindset is.
1: I am so glad you're bringing that up right now because the guy that I've been texting with is an actual model. Yeah. And I am so uncomfortable physically because in my mind, he's in another league. Like I'm cute enough, but I'm not like date a six foot two perfect-looking model. But But you are because you are. Right. And so I'm trying to shift my thinking. And then once I started to get to know him, I realized that he doesn't want like a perfect specimen and he's into people with more personality. So I started to kind of level myself off going, okay, well, I may not look like the women he's in the shoots with, but I'm like way cooler than them. So that brings me up to his level. But I, I know that I shouldn't even look at it like that. But... It's a process because I, I can't Im- immediately feel, like, comfortable with it. I well, actually, let's,
2: let's ask Robert. So if somebody came to you saying that this, this was the constant challenge um, that they were having, was they weren't seeing themselves as being in the same league as the people that they want to date, ha- without having feedback from that other person, how can you shift that mindset? Like, for Kristen, exactly what she said. How would she shift it on her own without him saying, oh, no, I like ugly girls with good personalities? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I, would, I would say that, you know, my recommendation would be more self-referential, right? Meaning, meaning that I would focus more on what it was I loved and appreciated about myself. And I would my that my entire, as much as possible, that my entire focus. Um, because and you're right, and it can be uncomfortable. You know, I I was uh you know as a model for like 12 years and I remember as a guy, you know, and I was, you know, certainly no supermodel. And I remember some of these guys not a supermodel, them, just a just a regular model. Just yeah, <laughs> blue collar model, I called Hard-time it model Yeah. And um what was interesting was that um attraction and beauty is so subjective as well. You know, sometimes someone can be perfect and you know how it is. It could be perfect on paper. They can be perfect in person physically, but you're just not attracted to them and you're not very interested in them. And you can't explain why. And then somebody else who everyone else thinks is just kind of very average, you think is the most beautiful, sexy, attractive person on the planet. And so that was really my two recommendations is one, recognize that attraction is completely sort of subjective, right? And that secondly, um, you know, to the extent that you feel insecure, uncomfortable, Around him, because of how you know he's built and 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 what and how you're built, I would say that that would be an invitation for me to dive deeper into appreciating and highlighting and underscoring the things about myself that I loved and appreciated most. Um, I wouldn't let his presence distract me from what I loved most about myself, you know, because that's that's a crap, Right, and so at the end of the day, it's really about confidence and self love and self appreciation. There's nothing more attractive, from my perspective, in a person than that, particularly a woman. Yeah,
1: I agree. And I just, for guys listening, I think sometimes they think, oh, well, I just have to be handsome and then I'll win everything and they'll love me all the time. But that's not the case because to be honest with you, this guy, um, based off his pictures, of course, I was like, oh, wow, he's like a beautiful specimen. He's ridiculous looking. But I was like, I wouldn't be attracted to him because I'm just not into guys that look perfect. Um, (laughs) And then once we actually started talking and I realized he kind of had this kind of quirky, funny personality. I started to shift over to being attracted to him. So it really, if you're a guy who is handsome, you're not always going to get the girl that you want because they're, they're, that might not do it for her. So
3: oh, totally. Yeah. My, so if my, you're
1: average looking, you still have the exact, not exact, but like you're still capable of getting someone absolutely beautiful because they oh. may love exactly what you're offering, which is you and your personality.
3: Really well said. Like my brother and I always joke we're like, dude, looks put on the eighties. Like, you know, like that's not like the thing. <laughs> you know, what really saying? it's not the thing. And so um you couldn't have said it more eloquently. I completely agree with you. Oh, I thank you. Yeah.
2: But there is something to be said for looks. Like of the, course that, yeah. that psychologically it's it's like you put them into a different category. Um so, is there a way in those? I know you've already explained. Like, yes, you have to love yourself more. I, I, I really like myself. I don't love myself in an egotistic way. I don't think I'm perfect by any means, but I'm pretty content um, with and happy with with who I am. But I will say that even for myself, there is still that pinch in my stomach when I do see somebody who who is very beautiful. I don't let it psych me out, um, but there is. I'm not even sure what I'm trying so to Marnie explain. So Marnie gets, like, doubt
1: around me a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: That's why we do this from a distance. I couldn't handle it. That's, uh, it was just too hard for me. I couldn't concentrate and perform well. Um, but so, okay, so, like, yes, you you practice self-love every single day. And that will definitely lead to a higher level of confidence in the moment. So, for example, I, I, I go to my gym, and there's a couple of, like, really pretty girls in my classes, and I know how I handle myself when I'm around them um, but I want to know is there an in the moment thing to say to yourself that isn't just like i'm awesome I'm awesome I'm awesome to to alleviate some of that pressure i I, I can feel what it is that I want to ask but I'm not sure if I'm verbalizing it
3: I, properly I think I get it I mean look at the end of the day I, and I'll be honest with you. I think one of the best things we could all do, from both a happiness perspective, self love perspective, um, peace perspective, um, is just simply quiet the mind. So, like perfect presence is probably your best friend and the greatest help in moments like that, where your mind is completely quiet and empty, and you're observing whatever it is you're observing without adding this additional commentary and story on top of it. Why, how do you, you know, do that? You practice it, right? Okay. So how, do you, you do how do you How do you practice that? Well, you're doing it all the time. You're just not realizing it. So for instance, when you listen to a new song, before your mind jumps in and starts judging and makes up a story about whether it's good or bad, you're just listening. There's not a whole lot of thinking going on. Same way that you see a beautiful sunset or a beautiful mountain for a moment or a micro moment, your mind's perfectly crystal clear, right? And so the best time to practice is when you're in the presence of beauty. Maybe it's not women for you. Maybe it's just men. Or maybe it's a beautiful sunset or a beach. Or... First thing in the morning, last thing at night when your brain is in this theta wave spot, which basically means that your body's awake, but your mind is sort of still waking up and you have very few, if any, thoughts. Right then, you want to milk that quiet, cool, calm, collected, peaceful place by simply appreciating it. Just really enjoy it without feeling this compulsion to suddenly start thinking, start working out your day, you know, start planning for the rest of the week you know so you practice it when it's easy that's often when you're right just waking up just going to sleep also flow state so you're in the flow state often throughout the day usually when if you're working out if you're playing a team sport if you're involved in extreme sports um again if you're looking at anything that's really beautiful um that doesn't sort of um remind you of your own insecurities you're, you're in the flow state already. That's a, a sp- space where you're experiencing what's called hypo front, um, transient hypofrontality, which is the idea that you're just quiet. Your mind is just quiet. And in that quietness, and that is perfect peace and happiness. You know, And so if you can practice it more consistently and practice it when it's easy, when you get into a spot or a place in your life where you're observing something that makes you feel a certain way, an uncomfortable way, you can eat more easily... Slip into the space of a quiet mind and perfect right. presence. And you can feel happy and peaceful despite, you know, what's happening around you. I love that. I you think that that's perfect.
2: Well, it's fun, yeah. all these things are coinciding with the video that I released this week. It's so funny. So, um, so reframing, talking about people who are out of your league, um, it was all in one video. But one, one thing that I did add on to that was a tool that I use, and I call it the Barbra Streisand. But um, people listening can call it whatever they want to, whatever artist happens to resonate with them. But so when, when I, I mean, I still have a very loud over-analytical Brain, um, but now I have tools that help me you know stop it before it gets to a level of insanity. Um, and so what I used to do when I would get into these states where I would be thinking in circles over and over and over again and drilling myself into a negative spiral, um, i I would select you know three to five songs that I really liked that would put a smile on my face and so that if I ever needed them in a moment's notice, I would be able to say like you know, Hamilton and I'd be able to sing a song in my head. And suddenly I'd have a smile on my face. I'd feel it in my body and I could sort of pause the negative thoughts so that I could control them a little bit, get into that happy space again. So I feel good about things and then go from there. And those are things that I, you know, I practice when I am in my exercise class, I always start shimmying and shaking. And to be honest, if somebody's just doing their own thing in an exercise class and really in the moment, I know I'm drawn to people who are like that, and I am noticing that when I do that as well, people are drawn to me and seem to want to talk to me more. Um, so I, I know that that it is it is a, it is a helpful tool for me for sure. And I know that you know I've, I've worked with thousands of people who I've passed this on to as well, uh, and and they seem to think that that's something that's that's very helpful to get them to just quiet their brain for a moment. Very similar to what you just expressed, and I I love that you're saying to like that you do it naturally, you can calm your brain. Just take notice of the fact that you're calming your brain and then replicate it when you need it. Like Do a callback to it in those moments when you need it the most.
3: I love that. I think it's fantastic advice. I love that you call it the dry sand. And it is all about, (laughs) right? It's all about pattern interrupts is what you're doing. It's a pattern interrupt. And then you're leaning into these happiness activities or these touchstones that you identified earlier, right? And so like one of the things that um, you know, I think people can glean from that is that they can create a little list of things that allow them to easily and effortlessly and enjoyably enter into this flow-like state or this happy state or a peaceful state, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's listening to music, whether it's dancing, but create a list in, a, in advance when you're feeling sort of at a place of emotional neutrality or above, that's when you create the list. And then when you're feeling something less than happy peaceful or loving or whatnot you yeah, can then interrupt place. yourself and lean into that one of the happiness activities yeah so i think I love that's it. a
1: great idea but i do find it so hard when i'm feeling really down to listen to music that's opposite of the mood i'm in
3: yeah that's normal and natural that's so why it's great to there's like resistance to normal. it yes because in in a way and you're making a good point you know it's like if you're in reverse and you try to suddenly shove the car the gear shift into like you know third or fourth that's a major problem. That's how you drop a transmission. That's how you break your car. So instead, what you do is you distract yourself with something that's a lot more neutral, right? Or maybe just right. A little almost bit like a palate cleanser.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. Pallet cleanser. Yeah. Good way of putting it.
2: All right. Well, Robert, I think you are fantastic. I do want to give a shout out to Focus TV because um, we had Dr. Kate on our show last week or a couple of weeks ago, and she was fantastic, and now you're fantastic as well, and both of you happen to to host shows on Focus TV that people can tune in uh, and watch. I know you have you know a million other things that you're you're involved in as well. One thing I do want to mention about Dr. Kate who was on our show. She actually uh did some blood work with me. She is a functional um practitioner and um she so she practices medicine a little bit differently and, and reads uh blood work that comes in differently than a than a typical MD would. Uh, and she was able to find that I actually have some hypothyroidism, which was wow. leading to me being very tired and fatigued and having wow. a little bit more anxiety than usual. Anyway, so it's wonderful. And I've gone to tons of other doctors who do my blood panels, like, no, you're fine. And then just send me out the wow. door and just say, just meditate um, to try and calm yourself. So I, I just want to give out, like, I'm just saying we've met wonderful people from that Focus TV network, and you included, obviously, Robert. Oh, that's, we why, love Dr. that's why K. I was doing this. Yeah, but Dr. K is wonderful. You are wonderful, and I think that you're all doing fantastic things over uh, Focus TV. And hopefully, I don't know, maybe Kristen and I will shortly become a part of Focus TV.
3: We we'll Oh, see. my gosh. We'd love to have – absolutely. Um, and oh, you know – think- what you just said, first of all, I fully received. Thank you for saying that, and it's a perfect reflection of the two of you. I love the podcast. I love the work you're doing. You know, you and I hit it off after Good Morning La La Land. Yeah, and I'm so deeply inspired by the work that you guys do. So, thank you so much for letting me. Oh, part, you're be a part of it.
2: you're awesome. Well, do you <laughs> want to tell people how to get in touch with you? Just for you, because I know that you do things outside of Focus TV. I know that you speak to you know like large corporations and presidents about being happy. Like, so how do people get in touch with you to do one-on-one work, group work? How does that work?
3: Yes. Um, you can find me at CoachRobMac, M-A-C-K, dot com. You can also find me on all social media platforms at RobMac, M-A-C-K, official.
2: Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Sorry for people who are listening that we did not get into more dating-specific questions, but I do think that, that what we talked about today is the precursor to dating. I think that it, as Robert said in the beginning of the show, happier people <laughs> get more attractive people and happier people. Like it It, it just yeah. adds into your your whole dating world. And the truth is, is that proof, if you're not happy, what? for oh, proof, for proof it's Kristen.
1: Yeah, here I am. When I was at the grocery store today, I had a smile on my face for whatever reason, because I'm on antidepressants. And uh, <laughs> this really cute kid who worked there looked up at me and he went, hi. And he smiled like huge at me. And I was like, hey. And then I just kept going. But normally that doesn't happen. But I was smiling. Yeah. Or I, I'm not like smiling like a weirdo, but I just had a pleasant look on my face. Oh,
2: sad.
0: I god, who it. is it's this real. New
1: York, Kristen? This is just <laughs> weird. You think I'd go opposite on the East Coast. You think I'd get more depressed. No, but you right. said it was
2: your place. You said that's no. where you felt like you and you felt alive. So it From makes home. complete sense for you. Even though it's freezing cold, you are in a much better place. So I'm sad that you're not in Los Angeles, but happy. I'm happy that you're happier. Yeah, it's weird. Any- it's
1: cloudy oh, here, you know. but yeah, I have more sun somehow. Yeah. Oh, look at <laughs> you. Oh,
2: cool. I love it. <laughs> exactly, which is even more important. Um, anyway, new episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. please, 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 please go and subscribe to our show. Share our show. Tell people about our show because it's freaking awesome. And if you are listening to this part right now, then you know it's awesome because you listened to the entire show. Um, but <laughs> Or you're really bored. I, or you're really bored, exactly. It's a long yeah. drive to work. But, <laughs> but do not download individual episodes. It's a waste of your time. Just subscribe. Please subscribe to our show. And again, pass it on to somebody and anybody that you know will benefit from listening to the contents of this episode, which is everybody because everybody needs to and wants to be happy. We will see you guys next week. You are awesome.